welcome to the Apex Church Podcast. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed today's message. Be sure to check out our website at www.apexchurch.org.uk and let us know you've been listening. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, good morning and welcome to Apex Online today. It's my joy to kick off our Christmas series today, Saviour King. I wonder, have you watched one of your favourite Christmas movies yet? Are you in the festive spirit? Are you looking forward to the big day? Have you maybe had a Christmas party or lunch so far? Have you got your presents? Have you got the cards? Well, don't worry, there is plenty of time for that as we prepare for Christmas. I love this time of year where our focus is turned towards the the birth of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus. And I love at this time as one of our traditions is we try to watch Christmas movies. I wonder what's your favourite Christmas movie? In fact, in general, I love to sit down and watch a good movie, especially one where there's a hero who saves the day. You know, a real-life event happened in Washington, D.C. on the 13th of January, 1982. Air Florida Flight 90 was preparing to take off on a winter's day. It was a snowstorm. Some people who were seeking out warm weather in the midst of winter were preparing to take off to fly to Florida. As they were waiting for their turn to take off, the snow continued to fall and the ground crew were de-icing the wings of the aeroplane in preparation for takeoff. But there were further delays and the captain and its crew knew that they had a tight window opportunity that if they were to make it to Florida in time, they couldn't really wait any longer. And as they began to taxi amidst the continuing snowstorm and wait for their turn in the queue before ground control gave them the green light to take off and head up into the sky, they were standing there receiving snow continually onto the plane. And there was a conversation in the cockpit, should we go back and maybe de-ice a little bit more? We've been waiting a while, maybe the wings will be a bit frozen. The captain made the choice just to persevere and just to go for it. And they lined up behind another plane, hoping that the engine heat would maybe cool down the ice and melt the ice on the plane. And then eventually air traffic control gave Flight 90 the all clear to take off. And as they were preparing and heading down that runway, they realized that there wasn't enough thrust coming from the engines and they were taking a long time to build up speed. And as they were moving forward, the, the, the runway was getting shorter and eventually they managed to lift the nose of the plane into the air. And as they got into the air, they quickly realized that they were not going fast enough. And as they were going up, the nose of the plane kept on going as well, and the captain was trying to correct everything that was going wrong, and eventually the engine stalled, 
captain and its crew realized that they were in grave danger. And after 31 seconds after takeoff, that plane began to fall from the sky. And in the middle of Washington, D.C., that plane hit the 14th Street Bridge before crashing onto the ice on the Pontiac River. And as it hit the ice, the plane broke in two. And one part of the plane immediately sunk beneath the ice into that river. And as the crew and the, and the people on board were obviously shocked by what had gone on, some were injured and some managed to get out of the wreckage into the icy water. And just as they were trying to survive, there was a news crew passing by. And they set up their cameras. And it was the first time there was ever a real-time coverage of a rescue like this. And they scrambled people to try and help people, passers-by. They, they jumped into the water and quickly realized it was so cold and so difficult to get to those who were seeking help. And then eventually a helicopter came and flew over the river. And the helicopter let out a lifeline and threw it into the icy waters. And people were grasping for this lifeline and it would drag them to the side or the river to be rescued by paramedics and firemen and police people. But there was one man in the water that when the lifeline reached him, he took the lifeline and he swam towards others who were in the water and gave them the life belt to wrap around them so that they could be rescued. The, the helicopter even at one point descended right above the top of the water and someone was pulled out of that icy water and rescued. And once everyone had been saved, they came back for that one man who was passing the lifeline to others so that they could be saved. And they searched for this one man and they could, they could not find him. This man who had risked his life, who was on the plane with all the other people, who was in the water with them. Strangers, people who he did not know, but he put himself in harm's way. He put others before himself and made sure they were saved, that they were rescued. And they continued their search, but they couldn't find this man. Until later, under the ice, they found a body of a man called Arland Williams. This man was a hero. He gave his life so that others could be saved. And we love to hear stories about heroes. And the sad outcome of this story is that many people lost their lives that day. And of course, one of them was our hero, Arland Williams. But it reminds us at Christmas time especially, about really what this message is all about. That someone came to rescue us, to give his life for us, to be our savior. You maybe saw in the news this week the headlines of the results of the census in England and Wales this year, 
which revealed that for the first time ever, less than half of the population of England and Wales identify as being Christian. I guess for most of us, that wasn't much of a surprise. But let me tell you this, in Scotland, less than 1% of our population are born again. Less than 1%. Friends, if ever there was a time or an opportunity for us to share the good news of Christmas, the good news of who Jesus is, the Savior of the world, it is today. And I wonder, do many people in our nation really know who Jesus is? They've heard about him. They've got theories and ideas. But do they know that he is their Savior? Do you remember that he's your Savior? You know, when Mary is confronted by the angel, she is given an incredible message that she is going to give birth to the Messiah. And in that message, she is given an instruction of what she is to call the child that she gives birth to. And 700 years before this, Isaiah the prophet, he prophesied that God would give a son who would be the Savior. God didn't promise an influencer. He didn't promise a celebrity. He didn't promise a self-improvement guru. He didn't promise a life coach to improve our lives a little bit better. No, he promised a savior because he knew that we needed to be saved. Saved from ourselves, saved from sin, saved from a future separated from God's presence. That's why at Christmas time, we celebrate the Savior King. Mary was told these words. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You know, many people at the time were looking for a liberator, someone that was going to come and going to set the people free from Roman oppression. That's what their expectation was. That's what they were looking for. But, but Jesus came with something far more significant and important than releasing a nation from oppression. He came to release us from the oppression of sin. and He came to be the Savior of the world. That's what his name means. Jesus the Lord saves. Jesus is our Savior. He came to save us because we cannot save ourselves. Jesus didn't come to help us to save ourselves. No, he, he came to be our salvation, to be our Savior, to deal with what we were incapable of dealing with ourselves, to overcome the power of sin, and the consequences of our sin. You know, our goodness would never be enough. It would never be able to compensate or cover up the, eliminate the sin of our past. Only Jesus could do that, the perfect one. That's why he came. He came to be our savior. 
only Jesus could save us. Jesus came to be your saviour. Well, you're maybe watching me today and you're asking the question, well, what did he save us from? Why do we need saving? I don't feel like I'm lost. I'm here. Well, what do you mean a saviour? Well, let me tell you about the great problem that each of us face. We need to go right back to the beginning of time and back to the beginning of the Bible. And in Genesis chapter 3, we, we read about Adam and Eve and how they lived in perfect communion, harmony with God. And they lived with him every single day. And, and as they lived together, God had given them one instruction. And for many of you, maybe this is old news. You've heard this before, but it's really important. Because that one instruction was that they could eat any fruit from any of the trees in the garden except the one called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Of course, if you're familiar with this story, you'll know that the snake, Satan, comes and tempts Eve, and Adam and Eve both eat the fruit from that tree. And when they made that choice to disobey God, that moment, that perfect relationship was now imperfect because they had chosen to disobey God. They had missed the mark. That's what sin is, missing the mark of God's holiness. And in that moment, everything changed. This perfect world became imperfect. And as a result of this, this is why we experience pain, suffering, and death. All because of their choice. But let's be honest, friends. We've all made choices that miss the mark. Every selfish action, every harmful word, every thought that displeases God, we've all made that mistake. That's what the Bible tells us. That we've all sinned. That we all fall short of God's glorious standard. But God didn't just leave us. He, he put in place a sacrificial system. And the priest would shed the blood of an animal that would cover up as a substitution and pay the penalty for the people's sins. And God gave laws and commands to help the people to live in a manner that honored God in the midst of people who did not honor God. And that was in place until God sent the Savior. God sent his Son, Jesus, into this world. Sent to be our Savior to free us from the power of sin and pay the penalty for sin once and for all. See, we might have had a problem, but God sent the solution, who's Jesus, and he fulfills the promise that I mentioned earlier from the prophet Isaiah, that God would send a savior. And the apostle Paul in Galatians chapter four, he, he pulls together the prophecy and Isaiah 7.14 and Isaiah 9.6 and explains this, that Jesus was supernaturally given to us by God. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. 
Paul tells us here, and he confirms what Isaiah had prophesied, that Jesus was sent supernaturally. He was not conceived as we were conceived. He was, as the great carol, Hark the Herald Angel Sing says, begotten, not created. Why? Because Jesus already existed. Because he's God. He was eternal. He pre-existed. And in this moment, God gave him, gave us his son. And he was born in Bethlehem naturally. Because he was also human. This is what makes Jesus so unique in all of history. That he's the only person that is fully God and fully human at the same time. He didn't stop being God when he was born. He was fully God and fully human at the same time. And Paul writes in Philippians these words. When being in very, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Now, one of the translations says in that passage, not that he became nothing, but that he emptied himself. And sometimes it can be hard to, to comprehend the, the majesty and how incredible it is that God could be human at the same time. And how is that even possible? And you maybe hear these words in the carols and you're familiar with the gospel that God became flesh, that he put on skin. And maybe to help you understand this today, I've got this picture here which is filled with water. And, and if anything, this is, this is fully God. This is, this is before Jesus was born. And what he did is when he came to the earth, like that translation of the Bible says, he emptied himself. He chose to put himself into the limitations of a human body so that he could reveal himself to us. See, before Jesus was, we couldn't relate to him in the sense that we couldn't see him. That the people heard about him, but now they lived with him. They could see him. They could know him. The water hasn't changed, just like Jesus didn't change. He's now revealed to us in a way that we can see, that we can understand. He's still the same, fully God and fully man. And by his own choice, he who is our everything became nothing. See, he was a real person. Jesus lived on this earth. Historian Josephus at the time of, of Jesus' life, one of the oldest historians that we have from that time, testified of Jesus of Nazareth, who did miracles. Jesus was a real person. And he lived a real life. 
He became a lowly servant so that everyone could identify with him. He was born in a stable, laid in a manger, in the place where animals would sleep, so that everyone knew that they could relate to Jesus. It doesn't matter how low you feel like you are today. Jesus left the splendor and the majesty of heaven came to the filth and the muck of this world. Why? Because he wants you to know him and he wants to be your savior. But he is the son of God and no one is too high. No one is too great. No one is too good for their need of Jesus. You can relate to him. As God, he never sleeps, he never slumbers, but whilst in his human body, he was tired, he was thirsty. He also knew what it was like to have emotions. He knew what it was like to be sad. He cries when his friend Lazarus dies. He has compassion on people, which motivated him to act on people's behalf, to bring healing, to, to bring provision to people. He loved people. He knew what it was like to love. He knew what it was like to be tempted. He knew what it was like to be human. And, and however you feel today, as you are watching me, Jesus understands. He cares for you. He loves you. He knows what it's like to be sad. He knows what it's like to be rejected. He knows what it's like to be unappreciated. He knows what it's like to be betrayed. He, he knows what it's like. And you can fill that blank today. He cares for you. He loves you. He wants to be your savior. And not only was he a perfect person, but he was a perfect person. He never sinned. He never slipped up. He never failed because he was fully God at the same time fully human. He was born in humility and he died in humiliation. Just as we see as he came into the world and he's laid in a manger in the midst of where animals would sleep and at the end of his earthly life he dies the most painful and humiliating death that was possible. That as he is nailed to the cross, crucified, in his death, he chose to lay aside his divine attributes and completely embraces his Father's will. And it's in this moment that the work of salvation is complete. That the Savior who sent into the world to be our Savior becomes our salvation. And as he is upon the cross, he defeats Satan. He defeats sin. He bridges that gap that had been created by our sin. He becomes our salvation. And, and Paul goes on in Philippians and continues to write. And he says, therefore, 
God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Paul tells us about who Jesus really is. He is God who chose to come into this world, who humbly came in the position of a servant and died a criminal's death so that he could be your savior. And not only is he a savior, he is our king because God exalted Jesus above every other name, everything else. He is king of kings. And he tells us our only response is to humbly bow and confess that he is our Lord and Savior. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? It's the most important question that you can answer today. More important than anything trivial that's going on in your world or anything that seems to be pressing, it's really important that you know who he is. He's your savior. See, the Bible tells us in John's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 16, that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. I wonder today, is he your savior? Are you sure today that he's your savior? Hey, can you look to a moment in your life where you've asked him to be your savior? To come and to forgive you of your sin and to put you back into right relationship with God the Father and receive that eternal life that he promised? Do you know for sure? Well, at the start of this Christmas season, this would be a brilliant time. And I believe this is your moment that as you're watching me to make that decision. And if you want to make that decision, can you just repeat these words after me and pray them sincerely from your heart and God in heaven will hear you. Just say these words. Dear Lord Jesus, I recognize that you are my Savior and that I am a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I turn away from my life of sin and I choose to follow you. I recognize that you died and that you rose from the dead and I ask you for your help to follow you for the rest of my life. I confess you are my Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that just now, then God heard your cry. He heard your prayer. And he's your savior. And I want to help you to know what it means to now live a life of following Jesus. Can you reach out to us today? Could you send us a message on Facebook or an email at info at apexcenter.org.uk and we'll help you on your journey. And this Christmas you can celebrate Jesus is the Savior.